myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your love back and it's all in the past Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters. Sorry we're late. It's all down to Liam this time, not me. I think you were, people are probably expecting to walk in in some grand costume after last week's Hawaii Five O episode. No, but what I've done is I was actually in the lockdown barbers today, not the Joe Linton style, but I let me missus have a little trim at the sides and the back, so I think I'm looking a bit cleaner, I think. Looking a bit cleaner today. See, Both I don't have that problem. My hands are covered in paint. That's the reason why we're five minutes late, by the way. Is I didn't want. I, I've been painting the hallway, and I didn't want the cats walking through and have these little paw prints all over the place. So, apologies, yeah. everybody out there. I know you're waiting. I know you've been waiting on this all week. Fair enough, fair enough, mate. You've, uh, you've got a pass from me, mate. Um, okay, loads of questions, mate. Over three hundred waiting for the show, mate. So that's great. You know, you're just going to be hammered for the next hour with questions. Um, I did promise Jonathan Bell, um, who can't watch the show live, I'd ask his first. Uh, he inboxed us on Twitter. He says, uh, "Gents, a question for tonight, if I may. Uh, there was a bit of chat before the weekend that a change in formation might come. Is this tactical switch the work of Jones or Bruce?" Could the international break have given Jones the chance to get a new plan in place, or do you think Bruce should get the credit, Liam? Really good question, and I think it's something that we've talked about a lot on this programme, and it's something that I really did want to address today. I think there's a very, very simple answer to it, and it goes, you just got to look and see Bruce's previous quarter. He says, tactics aren't his thing. It's all about players. So I think any tactical tweaks and changes that we're seeing in the system and, and the way Newcastle play at the moment, are all down to Jones, effectively. That's the way I see it. I know he's basically taking the team for much of the week um, with Steve Bruce still selecting the, the personnel. But but look, let's look at it and say it worked. They, they did formulate a plan. They needed to be pragmatic with not having the players back to play in the system. And they've done that. It's taken them too long. I wish they could have done that later. Um, so, sorry, um, much earlier. I wish they could have done that with a, a couple of games ago just to... Just to see that we could get another result because we know that five works. We know that this this team are quite comfortable in the five. Look, the personnel in the five at the back wasn't right. Um, we know Miguel Almiron can play that midfield role where he breaks. He played it a little bit under Benitez. He's actually played it um, one of his decent spells under Bruce. I can't remember when it may have been last season. But he has played that role before and looks good doing it. Um, and Joe Linton looked really good with a bit of support. It's amazing. I know I, I've been wanting to not want to get rid of the identity and once you find it, but but it's amazing what you can do when you play two players up front and give opposition defenders who look shaky as hell, to be honest, um, give them something to think about. And it, 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 can't, it might not work again at Burnley. They could play the same team and it might be totally different. Um, but I liked the fact, and I'm more positive about the fact, there seemed to be a little bit of thought process behind it. There was, there was a bit of pragmatism where they would change a system to make it work for them rather than stick to a system for the sake of it. Um, but really good question. In short, I'm putting a lot of the credit down to um, to both men. Um, selections, team selections, uh, Steve Bruce, um, because that's my, my understanding that he, he still selects the personnel that uh, go out um, come kickoff time. And then system and uh, and sort of adjustments in that that realm I'm putting down to Graham Jones. And look, I've criticised Steve Bruce a lot on there, but but he did get certain selections right. He got the Emil Craft selection very, very wrong. But beyond that, the rest of the selections were pretty good. 
Got his substitutions right. That's all that matters. Got us the point we needed. Uh, an unexpected point from a lot of the prediction shows I've been watching and from the show that, um, that we did uh, yesterday. A great show yesterday, by the way, with um, with Chris, with Pete, with Holly and with Alicia, uh, giving us their predictions for the last uh, uh, for the last eight fixtures of the season. Uh, give it a watch. They also uh, talk about Fulham's uh, games. Um, over 2,000 views on that one already. Give it a watch. It's in the playlist. It was last night's show. Well worth a watch. Um, Dave Harrison. Sorry, he can't be with us tonight either. He's having a, a rough old time. He's he's had a, uh, you know, he's, he's a regular in the chat as everybody knows. Um, and uh, you know, our thoughts are with Dave. He's he's had a few um, personal issues. Um, and he he did ask a question today. Uh, he said, Steve, hope you're well. I may not be able to watch the show live tonight, but. If you're able to ask Liam, how many of our players does, does he think would be better under uh, would be better under a better coach? I mean, you know, it's a question we've been asked before. Are there players in that team you think would respond to a uh, you know somebody different to Steve Bruce? Do you think there's you know do you think there's life in some of these players that maybe we're not seeing at the moment under Steve Bruce? Kraft, you mentioned already. Would it, would he be any better if Rafa Benitez was coaching him? Good question. Hope you're well. Um, thanks a lot for getting in touch and I'll try and answer it best I can. I would imagine that every single one of the players in the Cassinated squad from bad, good, indifferent, um, out of form, in form, whoever it may be, would all be better players under a better coach um, and under a better coaching system. They would all be better. Um, there are certain players that I think uh, were much better under a better coach because we have got that direct comparison that we can make between Benitez and his coaching staff and Bruce and his coaching staff. Um and I think the, the ones that are obvious stick out like a sore thumb are the likes of Sean Longstaff. Um, really sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, there are others. Paul Dummett was massively uh, improving under under Benitez. I'm trying to think of other players. Uh, I'll be honest. If Fabian Shaw was good under Rafa, but hasn't done as well under Bruce, has he? Another one, yeah, Shaw. What I would say, one who I would say has actually probably gone the other way, and I don't think there are many. The one that I think has gone the other way is probably Javier Manquillo. He hasn't had a great season this season. He's had a lot of injuries, been in and out, even when he has played, mm. particularly he was, he was poor at the start of the season. But I would argue he's he's actually a better player under under Bruce than he probably was under Benitez. Um, but there aren't many others. But I look at players like, for example, Joe Linton, who obviously we know the story. Everybody knows the story behind the Joe Linton signing. But I think it's hard to argue that he wouldn't be a better footballer um, if he'd been coached better week in, week out, I, I think he would. And Sean Longstaff's the other one that I'll look at. Um, I, I, I think people have got to start saying it as they say it. I think it's a it's a cheap narrative to, to criticise players. I, I put my ratings out. I was at the game on Sunday. I put my ratings out and people were still critical of Sean Longstaff. I thought he had a great game, to be honest. Yeah, it was a too. big improvement on um, on, on um, Jeff Hendrick, who we thought would come in. Um, a big improvement on Isaac Hayden in that left, that, that uh, sorry, that slightly wide of, of centre midfielder. Um, a much much improved than Isaac Hayden had been in that position um, because he's he's comfortable on the ball, he's confident on the ball, he moves it well, he gets about the pitch, he's got talent. I just wish, like like as the question said, I, I wish he could have been coached and coached and coached because that's what these young players need. That they're, they're almost Matty Longstaff is just totally going, but he's not stagnating. It's the wrong thing. He's he's going backwards. I have the same fears for Elliot Anderson if he isn't he isn't. Um, sort of pushed in the right directions. He hasn't been so far. It could have been a great time to go out and get him some minutes, some senior football, a first loan, make some mistakes, you know, um, maybe pick up an injury, do some recovery, you know, just just learn to be a footballer at senior level. I think there's something something can be said about that. 
There were offers. Maybe the championship was too high, but he's a talented, talented boy. Um, and there are players there. I don't buy into this really, really tired idea that, that this, this area doesn't produce quality footballers anymore. It does produce quality footballers. It really does. And it can. And it can produce a lot, lot more. Newcastle's academy um, really has probably outdone itself. It's probably produced more players than the effort from the top of the club has been put into it in the last 15 years. It's actually probably produced, it probably should have produced none. Um, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have got any transfer fees and no first team players, but it has produced a few. And that's almost been in spite of the people who run the football club um, and dictate the kind of finances that go into the academy. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, I think there's a lot of players in that squad. Would be I think every single one of them would be a better player, probably with better coaching. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. Okay. We've got lots of questions, Liam. We're not going to get through them all. We'll, I'll try and cherry pick some of the the best ones and different one. ones. Yeah. You, you've gone into uh, some kind of uh, solar eclipse kind of uh, solar eclipse kind of coverage. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. It I didn't really want to see. <laughs> I thought you were doing some kind of focus shoot or something. Okay, right. Tom Dixon says, James Pelota has uh, speculation he's interested in launching a bid for Newcastle United. Thoughts on this? I mean, again, I saw the story. I read it. I was late reading it. I saw there was a little bit of a spat um, between a couple of people online about it. Um, you know, the, the Chronicle ran with the story. Um, my understanding was he's obviously he's mentioned he's mentioned the club in passing. Um Mark Douglas said today on Twitter that he was led to believe that they'd done some due diligence on the club and that there is interest in, in Newcastle. But that's as far as it's gone. And again, you know, the narrative we've pushed on this channel since day one has been that there is only one bid at the table still, although it, it's been withdrawn at this moment in time. We know that arbitration's either starting or started. You know, whatever's happening there, we don't know, but we know that arbitration's next. Um, but ultimately, the you know the, the PIF and you know PCP and the Rubens is the only one that Mike Ashley's interested in as well. Yeah, that, that you've effectively summed it up there, Steve. I know there has been a lot of talk about the Palotta stuff. It's not the first time he's mentioned Newcastle United. Um, he is he is somebody who wants to come back into football. That original article comes from the Athletic, where he's talking about his sort of ten years at Roma, the development there, developments there, and, and he does name check Newcastle United in that. Look, I don't see a negative in it. What what what? There shouldn't be a fuss about um, very rich men wanting to come and buy our football club. He couldn't buy it by himself. Um, he would need investment. But I think we, we always roll back to the to the very simple idea that that Newcastle United, um, if it is sold in the short term, will only be to one buyer, um, and that's the PCP put-together consortium. Mm. Um, that's it. That, that, they're the people who will buy this football club if it goes short term, um, unless there is, unless it collapses and somebody is ready, waiting in the wings to say, OK, Mike, no matter what division you're in, he has, he has the money that you want. Then I could see it going very quickly again. But yeah. I think it's all hypotheticals because there is it only is. one buyer. It wants is. to sell, sell the one buyer, so there you are. Yeah, it is. As I say, I wouldn't read too much into that, Tom. Tom, I'll give you this second question. I do want to try and get other people, but he says, will Callum Wilson be available for Burnley on Sunday? Is it a yes or is it a no? Are they treating him with kick gloves? Uh, there's a bit of that, Steve. Um, cheers, Tom, for the question. Um, yeah, I think he will be available. Simple. I think. I think. I actually thought he was going to be available last Sunday. I did say that on here, um, but I think they've just been they've been particularly careful with him. Um, and look, I think they would have won the game if he'd played. 
And uh, I've got, I've got, I'm confident going in the Burnley game. I think if they can perform and show any, show even the remotest sense of con- consistency and perform to 80% of what they did against Tottenham, I think they'll beat Burnley. Um, the least they'll do is not get beat themselves. So it's a tough place to go. It's always a tough place to go. They're a horrible team to play in a lot of ways, Burnley. But I think if Newcastle United perform like that with Callum Wilson back, with Another weak fit at Alan St Maximin. I didn't think he looked. I didn't think he looked the sharpest when he come on. He, he did have a couple of um, couple of moments, particularly for the goal and, and within a couple of seconds of coming on. But I think with with another week under both of those two players' belts, um, I think I think Newcastle have got a good chance. But they've just got to keep that consistency. Yep, consistency is the key. Paul Hepplewhite, um, I've sorted my ear out. Two and a half weeks later, today, that's going to be my ear unblocked today. Christ, what a nightmare that has been. An absolute Tony Blair, especially when you're doing this every night of the week. Um, yeah. and, and you're struggling to hear at the best of times. But yeah, my ear sorted. Paul Applewhite, he says, anyone got a queue for gout? He reckons it's too many fried Mars bars. So if anyone's got a queue for gout, I'm sure there'll be somebody out there will do. Um, stick it in the chat uh, for Paul. I'm sure um, he will be very grateful. And uh, Nick, good evening, mate. Uh, Nick's great. He uh, sorted out that aviation prize for the food bank, if you remember. Uh, evening, lads. What do you both think of Nick DeMarco's tweet with the brown ale? Uh, was it a hidden message or was it just a Sunday beer? Yes, Another subliminal communication from Nick DeMarco, uh, Liam. It was an interesting one to see the least a bottle of Brune. It was. Um, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for having that. Yeah. There. I don't blame him for having a beer uh, on a Sunday, Easter Sunday, but I don't think there's a hidden message behind it. I, he, he has a lot of interactions on Twitter with Newcastle United fans, and I think it is just a nod to that. He is working for the football club and doing a lot of that at the moment. So, yeah, I think... I think um, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it's it's a nice nod to Newcastle United fans. Okay, uh, Zubair Khan and others are asking about the trusts. Big news. Uh, obviously, if you remember the supporters trust, you will have had an email by now. I would imagine. Um, obviously, you know you're not really allowed to say anything if you know because it's embargoed. I suppose until um, their release date. Um, but it certainly caused a bit of a. Uh, a shudder through the fan base a bit of excitement through the fan base uh, especially on social media people think it's been linked to the trust uh, and the takeover and, and stuff like that I mean you know we can't say too much Liam I'm not sure whether you know 100% what it is I certainly do I have spoken to the trust about it um, yeah I mean it, there's not a great deal we can say is there no I've had conversations um None this week, but I've had conversations recently, so I've got a pretty good idea as to what it what it is going to be. I don't know if there's been any kind of developments in the last few days, but um, yeah, I think it's something that that um, Newcastle United fans can uh, can get behind if if they fancy it. It's something it, it could be a unifying uh, thing in in a time where there is so much uh, divisive uh, things going on, particularly on social media. So yeah, I would I would just keep an eye for it. I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder so they yeah. can announce it. We can't, uh, we can't. I just laugh when you said United fan base. Uh, it's yeah, I think yeah. we're as far away from that as possible uh, at the moment mm. for a variety of reasons. It has to be said, but yeah, I think um, yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. I think whatever what, what when they do announce it, I think timing um, for something like this is important. Look, the fan base will decide. It's up to the fan base. And, um, you know, I've spoken to the guys. I wish them all the best with it. Let's see what happens. Pete Davey says, Evening, Steve. Liam. Question for Liam. With Bruce saying he's not walking away, do you feel he wants to keep us up with a view to walking away in the summer? I'm starting to believe this is the plan. 
Uh, Chiaz Pete. Honestly, I, I think it's all hypothetical. It's impossible to know, really. Um, I don't believe he wants to walk away. I don't believe he wants to walk away in the summer. I think he wants to stay at the football club. Um, and I think he might. I think he might. Because I think you'd like to think he's probably... You hope they've got enough to keep them up this season. Um, and I think he, he, he will definitely stay um, if he does keep them up. Um, but then, then we're in the realms of... If do do takeover um, development start taking over the, the landscape on Tyneside, and there is a possibility that that then opens up. I think until the point where Newcastle are safe, I think it's almost all that kind of things on the back burner. Um, I think I think if Mike Ashley remains at the football club in twelve months' time, and Newcastle United are still in the Premier League, it would be, it would be no shock to me to see that Steve Bruce would still be Newcastle United manager. Okay, um, Terry, good evening mate, he says, a question for Liam, under the current regime, our best players will want out in the summer, ESM, Miggy, etc, I don't get why pressure is not being put on resale, or why we're not seeing that pressure, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, pressure from, I would ask, I don't know if you can call that pressure from who, do you mean, do you mean there's no pressure on the sale of the football club, or do you mean sale of players, or... Mm. Um, I think I think I think it's it's fair to say that, that certain players will probably want out of Newcastle United and will want better themselves because let's be realistic about the situation. Newcastle United are fighting relegation. He's talking the takeover. It's the way that he's worded it. Um, I yeah. think he means regarding sale. So why pressure not being put on regarding sale, or why are we not seeing that pressure? He's talking about a takeover, isn't he? Yeah. Well, well, look, the takeover is at a, a very delicate legal point at the moment. Um, I think all the pressure that could have been and has been applied has been. I think it first came from fans, it came from, from other directions as well. And it's even come from the legal teams themselves. We've seen that play out with, with certain parts of this arbitration um, process being, being made in the public, the public domain. Um, I think that was due to certain pressures being applied. Look, I think, I think it'll happen when it happens, if it happens. That's always been my stance on it. I think it's impossible to know about timeframes. Um, in everybody's book, I don't think anybody wants to see this uh, come through the school all the way through the summer. Um, but it, it looks like it's going to be that way because, look, it's an unsaleable asset largely at the moment, not not knowing with, with so many variables, not knowing where the football club's going to be, how much it'll be worth, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I think ultimately everybody's focus at the moment just purely got to be on can you castinated steel? I've even sort of, I did a while back, I mean, I've written a couple of really sort of slaughter pieces effectively on Steve Bruce in, in recent weeks, but in the back of my mind, I've always said on here and I've always known that, that that he would remain. He would remain until there was a change at the top. And it's always been, it felt a little bit futile, um, really thro sort of throwing the kitchen sink at Steve Bruce because nothing comes back and you're not really going to get the decision that you want, unfortunately. Um, he's going to remain. Um so I think I think we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. That that's that could be my only only answer on that one, to be honest. It's just impossible. There's too many variables at the moment to know what, what's going to happen. And, and the pressure that's been put on has already been applied. It is at a delicate moment. And I think I don't think we'll have to wait forever, but it wouldn't surprise us if we have to wait at the end of the season. Michael Kelly says, Hi lads, is it true that Steve Bruce has moved back to Manchester full time and he's travelling to the training ground from there to avoid fans? I don't think there'll be avoid fans, Michael. There aren't really any around. Um, I do believe that he does uh, spend some time in Newcastle, but also spends a lot of time at the family home back in in the northwest. Um, and I think he does. I think that's probably why 
some of the te- some of the, the, the days off off schedule the way they are, etc. But I, I'm I'm not sure that he travels every single day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question there from Colin. He says, Liam, last week you said Wilson was fit and available. L- to be fair, most people did. Uh, uh, what happened? Do you think they've given him an extra week's recuperation? No, nothing happened, Colin. Um, appreciate my calling us out on that one. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I was of the belief, a lot of the information that I got was that Wilson was ahead of Alan St. Maximin. It then became quite obvious around Wednesday, th- it was about Thursday, that it was the opposite way around, um, the way things go. I think if Newcastle had a, had a game, my opinion is if they had a game tomorrow, he'd probably play Wilson or he'd be involved at least on the bench. Um, I think it was just a case of, it, it was probably that sort of right on the right on the edge, seven to eight weeks since he did the injury, and it was a case of does he play, does he not? I think they've just given him that extra week, uh, and there hasn't been any setback. I wouldn't worry about that, or not one to my knowledge anyway. No, I think keeping him for the Burnley game was the right thing to do as well. Do you know what I mean? You give it. ESM's <coughs> had a little bit of time under his under his belt as well, and but keeping Wilson, keeping Wilson for the important games, the games where you think that's where we can get three points. I think that's yeah. that that really is the key. Paul Ashmore says, "Hi guys, NUST are planning an announcement. We spoke about it a little bit earlier. Um, according to Twitter, do you think it's takeover related? Paul, I'm not going to betray any confidences on this, but." It's not takeover related. I don't think that's really affecting anybody. I think I think the trust should be coming out and saying it's not takeover related because ultimately it's got the fan base in meltdown um, over it. So it's not takeover related. I don't think I'm betraying any confidences. If I am, tough. Uh, but I don't think I am with, with that answer. Um, Twister Man, Liam, is it fair to say Bruce is an absent manager? If so, it's an astonishing admission of coaching failure. How can he justify having no tactical nous yet feel he can select the team? Interesting. It is. It's such a strange, strange situation that we find ourselves in. And and in a lot of ways, when you evaluate, and only time will tell. If if in the summer Newcastle it's still, it'll be fine. It was probably the right decision and enough to enough to keep them up, just to put that stick and plaster of Graham Jones into the side, just to give just to give them that extra boost. If Newcastle United go down, I think there'll be a totally different reflection on on the Graham Jones decision. I think it'll be a case of too many cooks. Um, they should have just sacked the manager and it prolonged the prolonged the agony. Um, and, and having. Two people who players have to answer to, two direct people. There's a number of coaches there, but it's the two direct people that people have to answer to. Two, uh, one picks the team, one sorts the coaching. It doesn't always marry together because somebody may want to pick certain players in certain positions that don't fit. It doesn't always marry together. I mean, that's my understanding of it. Um, there's never been an official explanation as to the, the real roles of the two, apart from assistant and head coach, of course. Um, but yeah, I think I think... I think we're going to have to wait until the summer to see if it was the the right call. I believe in some ways it may well have prolonged the agony. Um, it, it, at a normal football club, Steve Bruce would have been sacked anyway. Um, but I do believe that, that he probably has had that stay of execution because of the coaching change. Yeah, uh, Roger Cook says, Liam, given how Burnley play, will that dictate another big change in the formation because w- it worked against Spurs? Uh hard to know isn't it <clears throat> I think that formation prob- probably could still work against Burnley mm. it's got to be horses for courses I'm not a tactical analyst I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know the ins and outs of exactly how Burnley play we all know how they play they're quite direct you know big big hard from set pieces they're, they're quite a hard hard team to play against I don't see why that can't work against Burnley I mean my my, my idea was would be um Changes I would make is I would love to see Kieran Clark brought back into the team for uh, Emil Kraft. I know it's on the other side, but 
I wouldn't put any fears in moving him across um, because he's a proper defender and he'll be in the right place at the right time. Even better would be seeing somebody like Fede Fernandez back and back fit because he's the best defender at the football club. There seem to be some issues with that, um, so we'll wait and see. But I think that would be one of the key changes that I would make. Apart from that, I think the team worked reasonably well. If Callum Wilson is fit to start the football match, then he's another one that comes in um, and some people may like and may not like this, but in my opinion, he comes in for um, Dwight Gale. Plain and simple. I think Joe Linton, I, I say it as I see, and everyone here watches this, they know that I'm not a Joe Linton fan in any way, shape or form. Um, but I would argue in three of the four, the last four games, apart from Brighton, where everybody was atrocious, three of the last four games, he's been in the top three Newcastle United players in every single one of those games. And he was man of the match for me on Sunday for his performance. He's got his faults. We know he's got his faults. But I think at the moment on that performance and the way he's performed in the three out of the last four games, I think he keeps his place in the team. Yeah, OK. We'll go with Zubair's question uh, as well. Just about arbitration. It's it's the word on everyone's lips because, of course, we know that you know once arbitration reaches its conclusion, then you know we're going to have another step closer to, to the answer of what's going to happen with this takeover. But when does arbitration here and start? Or is it a case we could uh, hear a decision at any time now? I guess it's the same answer that we've said each week, isn't it, Liam? Um, we're just all going to have to wait and see because nobody knows. Look, and, and it's really frustrating for everybody out there, but um, confidentiality really does mean confidentiality this time. We've seen yeah. leaks left, right and centre from, from every single side um, over the course of this past 12, 13 months, however long it's been since since all the news broke. Um, it's really it's really tight-lipped at the moment, and I haven't got a problem with that. Look, mm -hmm. I'm a reporter. I want to hear news. I want to break stories. As a fan, I want to know what's going on. But ultimately... Um, It'll work its way through. There is a legal process that will be followed and it'll it'll happen when it happens. Um, and if we don't find out about it and leaks don't happen, that's actually a good thing. That's actually a really positive thing that these leaks aren't coming out um, at crucial times. I've heard rumours, um, some from good sources, some from not so good sources, um, that things are, are moving on. You hear these things all the time. Um, I would just, you're going to just have to trust the process um, and we'll wait and see where it takes us. Trust the process. Good way of that. It's a new one. That's that's uh, that's your 2021. Instead of joining the Dutch, trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. TTP. Yeah, well, we can come up with something with that. I'm sure Q Tech will do a, a T-shirt. I've got to give these a shout out. I've been very neglectful at this. Uh, once these uh, once these T-shirts have gone, they've gone. NUFCMatters.com. John from Q Tech spent a lot of time making the website up. He's made some cracking tops, some T-shirts, etc. But these are only going to be available until May. So if you want one. Get them, get them now. There's going to be a brand new design for next season, uh, which will please you a lot because you know that I'm planning on being here for next season. Um, but yeah, uh, all these t-shirts, nufcmatters.com. You can get a phone phone holder, the lot. This is John's business. This is what John does. Um, even a car window sticker, to stick in your car. Um, I think it needs to have cult on there. To be perfectly honest, John, to make it there, uh, to make it more, um, you know, to make it stand out, shall we say? And he, John doesn't doesn't mess around with t-shirts. He's even created this one to wind people up. I'm sure. Steve Wraith is God t-shirt. Uh, NUFC matters, which he's. 
he's just uh, he's just sent us today and honestly um i just want to thank everybody in the chat for the support i'm glad we can all laugh about it i've seen some horrendous things the last couple of days and some more some more again on other channels i really don't get what they're on about i'm really i'm really sorry to say um you know if i've offended anybody i, I apologize i don't know what i've done wrong um but look at the end of the day i People are entitled to their opinions. I'll just continue to do my good work on this show. I love working on this show with um, with with everybody who participates and everybody who wants to participate. It's a bit of fun. It's been set up, I've said this over the last 12 months, just to get everyone through lockdown. And that's what we do. I think Tuesday night's one of the best shows, one of the most. It's, it's like the Three Amigos. It's, it's 650 people watching at the minute. It's just a thoroughly enjoyable show to do. Me and Liam sitting having a big crack and a bit banter answering your questions, if we can. Same as the Three Amigos. Um, those two shows, you know, these two shows will probably stay because they're, they're enjoyable and it's a chance for me to catch up. But thanks for thanks for all your support in the chat. Um, thanks for everyone's support on social media. It's been a tough week. I won't, I won't deny it. But... Um, I'm fine. Um, I am going to go on Josh Banyard's uh, show as well. I must give that a plug. He does a he does a a show. I know he does the Cockney Cockney Down South. I think I think that's one of his shows. But he does the mental health stuff, game changer stuff. Going to go on his show this week. So you know, my relationship is still good with some people. I just don't like I don't like criticism. Um, when it's when it's basically abusive criticism, and I've had a lot of that over the last uh, over the last week on Twitter. And that's why I've blocked people. It's as simple as that. And I just wanted to get that out there. Whilst I've got a big audience tonight, um, you know, watching the show. Um, you Steve, know, they're, they're only they're only support they're only supportive in the chat because they got through the cult initiation. That's the only yeah. reason they're supportive. I can't <laughs> believe people are calling this a cult. I, I mean, I, I understand if it's not an L, it's an N. Fair enough, I can accept that. I've been called worse than that in the years on the door, but calling us a cult. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It really is. But look. Um, listen, when you you know when you do these things, you're there to be shot at, and that's the way it goes. But I just you know just want to thank everybody out there for your support. It's great. We've got a great show, we've got a great platform. We'll continue to do it. And there's no robots on this platform. They're all genuine uh, subscribers. And thank you for that. We're closing in this week on thirty nine thousand subscribers. That is mental. Really, it really is mental. Really do appreciate it. Big shout out to the sponsors um, who uh, have stuck by us as well because they all enjoy what we're doing. Spider VPN, third month in a row, they've been our main sponsor. Big shout out to them. Big shout out to Graham as well at Geordie Riffs. Premium guitar lessons for beginners and children, guitar repairs and service and recording studio. JordyRiffs.co.uk is the website. Follow them on Instagram at Jordy Riffs and Jordy Riffs Official on the Facebook. Already given them a plug, but I'll plug them again. QTechShop.co.uk from the makers of pool tables and snooker tables. And all of our merchandise at NUFCMatters.com. And a big shout out to John who does all the flyers. And if you are a first time visitor, hit the Newcastle Legends badge in the bottom right hand corner. All you do is subscribe to the channel. It's free. There's no emails or anything like that. You'll get a notification on YouTube when we go live. Um, hit a reminder for your favourite shows as well. Just a reminder to do that. Hit a reminder and you'll not miss the favourite shows. And hit like and the like button, which is the little thumb, just, just to give us a bit of support. Hit the share button. Share it to your other social media. And drop into the chat because everybody in the chat's a good laugh. Some really nice people on there. And when we're not getting spammed occasionally by... Uh, trolls or uh, other channels, you know, then it's usually great fun. So a lot of, lot of great people, a lot of people who are on every night of the week and we value their support. 
Big shout out, everybody in the chat. You really, really are appreciated. Alan Thompson says, if Joe Linton scores the goal that keeps us in the Premier League, has he then justified his transfer fee, Liam? Well, actually, it's a really good question, Alan. Um, over the course of his time in Newcastle United, of course he hasn't. But if he scored a crucial goal, the only goal that kept Newcastle United in the division, you could massively argue that he had because that would be worth a lot more than £40 million to Newcastle United. It could even be worth a whole lot more in the Newcastle United fan base with, with a potential takeover um, down the avenue. So, yes, Alan, actually, if he does score the goal that keeps Newcastle United up, you could argue that he's more than paid back his £40 million. But that doesn't mean he's been good, of course, over the, the whole story. Um, but, yeah, yeah, really good question, Alan. Yeah, great question. Great, great question indeed. Uh, Colin Wilson asked another belter. He says, uh, Steve, Liam, how can we expect anything from our fringe players when they don't get enough game time? Stagnating is an understatement. I mean, you know, there's a lot of players who could fall into that category. I think the one that really sticks in my uh, mind was Sean Longstaff to this point. Matty Longstaff is the one that um, he's been, it's mentioned there, he reportedly has been fantastic in training. Really sticking in. He was only on the bench because Ryan Fraser, Andy Carroll, um, Freddie Fernandez had to pull out. Um, I would say the same Ellie Anderson. And I'd be very surprised if any of those are back, that those will be the ones that drop off the bench. It's a real shame. Um, when when called upon this season, Matty, Matty's done really well. Um, and I'm pretty sure when, when called upon, Ellie Anderson would do really well as well. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, he says, is Emil Kraft the worst fullback in our Premier League history? Good question. It is a good question, and I think you'd have to argue that he probably is, yeah. I think he's been absolutely... Look, it's hard. I don't think it's a lack of effort. I don't think it's a lack of trying. I just think the lad is so um, ill-equipped to play in the Premier League. Um, he looks ill-equipped to play in League One, never mind the Championship. He looks, he looks... He's got no pace. He's never in the right position. He's got no quality in terms of delivery going forward. Um, you know, you could forgive that if he was a good defender... But he doesn't do either. He's, you know, we'll forgive Yedlin a lot of his a lot of his faults because he was really good going forward. There's been other players like that. Um, I mean, uh, Jethro Willems was fantastic going forward. Couldn't really defend much, and and is lauded by Newcastle United fans for that six months that he had. Um, I think you can forgive a player if he's got something. I just think Newcastle United fans are really struggling to find anything that Emil Kraft does well. Like I say, he doesn't he doesn't defend. He, he's even been slotted into centre half, and he was the big weak link on Sunday. He was an absolute bomb scare every time the ball was anywhere near him. Um, created the first goal for Tottenham, the equaliser straight after straight after the Newcastle players were running back to the halfway line screaming, right, let's get to half-time, let's get to half-time. Um, stick at it, lads. Emil Kraft just gives a goal straight away. But that's what you're playing with. And I think he's the one player, if Newcastle want to go and get a result, they've got to make sure they take Emil Kraft out the side, I think, on Sunday. Okay, Keith Patterson says, Steve, what's happening with a cult? I thought NCSL was the cult and you and Liam just a pair of cults. Cheers, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Alan says, Fulham fans think they'll get 40 points. How many points do you think we'll get, Liam? It was interesting last night because um, Pete, Pete came up with 13 points, which would take us to 42. Um, the girls both, it was the girl, no, it was Alicia and... I think it was Alicia and Chris both had 11 points and Chris Hall had us on 12 points. So how many points, I mean, how many points do you think Newcastle will get? Uh, I, I don't think they'll get that many, but I don't think Fulham will either. Um, what I'm working on, my, my idea is, so Fulham have played 31 games this season and they've got 26 points. 
So let's work on the idea that Fulham go a point per game. So let's say they, they more than improve on what they've done so far this season, which is likely in the final weeks of the season when there's something to play for, lives on the line, etc. So let's say they get a point per game. They get seven, uh, seven points from their last seven games. That takes them to 33 points. I suspect, give or take a few points, that's probably around where Fulham will finish. I can't predict this. I'm not Mystic Meg. You know what I mean? But I'm just guessing, using simple logic, that I think if they pick up a point per game, they'll be doing reasonably well. Um, and that only takes them to 33 points. Um, and, and sorry about sounding a bit like Steve Bruce if Newcastle United in their final um, uh, games pick up the same amount. Um, then they're, they're well past that. They're well past the they're, they're 37 points and they stay up. It won't even, won't even be a conversation on the final day of the season, more than likely. Um I don't see. I don't think that. I think there'll be there'll be twists and turns in the road. I, I don't think they'll be as straightforward as that. But if if Fulham get more than thirty five points, um, that's another nine points from the final seven games. I think they'll be doing really well. Um, and I think Newcastle United are probably just going to have to. I think two wins probably keeps Newcastle United up. Two wins out the last eight games. Um, it could be the case that one win and in, in a few in a handful of draws keeps you up as well. Um, I think uh, another handful, just a couple, of, two or three draws as well, keeps you up. I think, I think, um, I don't think anybody will be getting not Newcastle or Fulham. I'd be very, very surprised if either team breaks forty points. And I just don't see where Newcastle are getting double figure points from. Um, I think two wins would probably probably be enough because two wins takes you to thirty five points. Hmm. Like I say, I think I think Fulham Fulham will be doing well. That that would be nine points from the last seven. I think they'll be doing well to get a 35 points. But like I say, give or take, I think Fulham will finish between 33 and 36 points, depending on having a good good uh, indifferent um, end of the season. If they have a bad end of the season, which is also possible, they've been, if they continue in their current form, they'll probably finish the season with 31 points or something mm-hmm. like that. Cassinated are almost there. Um, we can't rely on that, of course, and we need to get wins on the board because it is still very, very tight. Um, but I think Newcastle will probably pick up I think they'll definitely win. I think they'll definitely win another game, and I think they'll definitely pick up a few draws along the way. But I, I think they'll probably finish with about eight points. I think they'll win a couple and draw a couple. That's what I think they'll probably. Um, that would take Newcastle to thirty-seven, um, and I think Fulham will probably end up somewhere in the region of 33, 34 points. But like well, I say, you never predict. No, you can't. B Taylor says, "Do you think it's pure coincidence that Nick DeMarco and Mia Dad both tweeted at the same time at the weekend, or is something positive coming soon?" Yeah, a lot of social media activity from um, you know people connected with the takeover. Uh, was it a coincidence? I thought it was really, really. It was really good to see the human side of, of somebody who wants to buy a football club in Murdad. I think it was you could tell he was he was kicking every ball um, on Sunday with the rest of the rest of Newcastle fan base. By nature, he's not only Cassinated fan, but he wants to buy into this football club. He believes in this football club, um, as does his wife Amanda Staley and, and, and the Ruben brothers and, and PIF to it to a large extent as well. Um, and I think it was really good. It was just it was it was nice to see that personal side. I don't know what you thought, Steve, because yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Look, it's 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 clear, uh, you know, that the, 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 there is a human side to them, but the you know those people who are 
keen on buying Newcastle United are showing an interest not just in the in you know in buying the football club they're showing uh, you know showing an interest in the results do you know what I mean and that's that in itself is is really interesting and I I don't think that's leading the fans up a garden path I think it's you know showing that showing their intentions are good you know in in whatever way they can uh, Peter Smart says by objecting to the QC yeah. being biased does that help in highlighting and forcing to give us a fairer crack of the whip he's of course talking about arbitration Uh, Peter, I think you you almost hit the nail on the head there, really, because all it all it's done is just shone, it's shone a light on on um, on the people who are, who are making who are going to essentially make the decision in this process. It's made their names public. Their names were out there, but it's made them real public. And everybody knows who they are, and that brings a level of accountability with it. Um, it's much harder to make a make a dodgy decision when everybody knows who you are and, and exactly what you're doing. Um, not that I think for one second people in that at that level in um, the league and profession would make a dodgy decision, but you just never know. And I think I think it's it, they've done the right thing. They've they've played a canny game um, in making sure that they got certain parts of this process put out in the public domain. It allowed fans to know exactly where things stand. And 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 again, like like you said, there it, it does it, it shines a light on them and makes sure that. Even if, if they had any thoughts that they would not be um, not be straight with their decision making and not accountable, this adds a, a level of accountability that everybody, everybody, every man and his dog, not just Newcastle United fans, know exactly who these people are making the decisions. Yeah. Okay. Good question here from Aaron. He says, "Is Manquillo still recovering, or does Bruce dislike him as well?" Personally, I believe he's our most balanced fullback, and think Murphy's our best in, uh, best as an attacker. Confusing seeing him on the bench for weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's all down to opinions, but I would agree. Manquillo, you know, has, has just been he's been put out put out the grass, hasn't he? Really. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, Aaron. I think I think uh, Mankiw is probably the best, the best all-round fullback. He can play right back, he can play left back. He's a decent enough defender. Um, he, he, he's a little bit of a confidence player at times. He does let his head drop um, in certain games when things are going particularly bad. Um, but he's a good attacker as well. He's quick. Um, he's got he's got a lot, a lot of decent attributes. But I'm not going to criticise Steve Bruce for making the change that he did personnel-wise. Um, uh, Jacob Murphy was an absolute inspired choice. He was absolutely tremendous. And me and Steve, me and you have had a little to and fro and about Matt Ritchie over, over the months. Yeah, we have. And, and you know what? I'm going to eat my hat because he was tremendous on Sunday. What he brought was a different kind of energy that this team lacks. It's the it's the fiery, uh, committed. He just there was just a different aura about him in that team, and I thought was it another. Absolutely inspired decision to bring him back in at left wing back. Long may it continue. Yeah, uh, thanks for all your supportive messages in the chat. Steve Wraith, the 21st century Charlie Manson. I, I think that's a classic, Dick. It falls in with the true crime section as well that we do. So uh, I like that. Uh, Zubair says, can Fulham win their next games? That's a big question. My worry is Mick Rose hit some serious form. Got it. Yeah, I mean, he had a good weekend in, in international week, didn't he? But he, uh, he got back. He was, you know, he, I, I don't know. He got a goal at the weekend, but Mitt Rowe's not 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 a top class act, is he? And I th I think we'll be fine. Uh, I wouldn't look if Newcastle were relying on Alexander Mitrovic to fire the goals to, to keep them in this division. I'd be seriously concerned. I think people, you know, if you think of that, it's, you've got a relatively short mem memory because he's not he's not a Premier League striker and not a consistent enough performer in the Premier League. Um, 
he does well at international level. It's one of those anomalies. They play to his play the way he wants, um, the, the way that suits him. But uh, he didn't score goals uh, for Newcastle United largely in the Premier League, apart from his first season. Um, didn't score goals for Newcastle United. Couldn't even get in the team most of the time, and didn't deserve to be either in the Championship season. Um, and gone to Fulham, done really well in the Championship. Come to the Premier League and can't really always get in in their side. They did sign a forward, former Sunderland uh, striker Josh Madger, to replace him. Effectively to score the goals that Mitro couldn't score in the Premier League in January. Um, look, Fulham aren't haven't turned into prime Man City, and they won't. I would be very surprised if they if they play like that in the final seven eight games of the season. Um, I'm not really worried about Alexander Mitrovic. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I actually don't mind him as a footballer, but I just I've got grave doubts whether he's he's a he's a he's very immobile, slow, isn't the best of finisher. Um, I know who I would be backing if you if five balls drop in the box to Alexander Mitrovic and five drop to Callum Wilson. I know who I'm backing to score most of them chances, and it certainly isn't uh, Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah, me too. John says, what's the score regarding Fernandez? He's, has he had a fallout with Bruce? Many mags think he's our best defender. No, I think it's just an injury. Um, he's had some real struggles, to be honest, since he's come back from um, from COVID. Um, he, he's he's been weakened by by the struggles that he had there. It's 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 something. It's there'll be more there'll be medical professionals out there. Apologies if I'm if I'm uh, <laughs> not getting this quite right, but I know it is something that saps players. I've heard managers talk about it. I've heard coaches and sources talk about it as well. The fact that that it, it makes injury more likely. It, it's it's um, drains the muscles, etc. Um, it's it's all about tired, being tired. And I think Fernandez really struggled. He came back and he's never really been the same since since then. He had a little period and then he's dropped back out because he, he's, he picked up muscle injuries. Um, he was fit and ready to go last week, um, but didn't get the didn't get the nod. Um, the last game, sorry, before international break. And unfortunately he's just picked up a little niggle that these things these things happen. Andy Carroll I'm led to believe is exactly the same. Um, and uh, Ryan Fraser, um, Steve Bruce said after the game that that um, Ryan Fraser didn't play. Uh, sorry, he played for Scotland and, and did really well for Scotland to be honest. Um, but came back and didn't train the two days that he was back, and um, because of a slight groin problem, I would expect most of these players to probably come back into contention on Sunday, and it's going to give Steve Bruce some some big decisions to make on on personnel and, and some extra options as well. Although. I would argue some of the options that I'd like to see on the bench in Matty Longstaff and Elliot Anderson will probably drop out. Tom Dixon's asking as he fell out with Clark. A lot of people, a lot of people want to know as Bruce falling out with players. No, I don't think. I think it's an easy one to look at and see he's falling out with everybody left, right, and centre. But no, they've got a squad there. He's made certain decisions. I think he made some brave calls. Being brutally honest, on Sunday, I was one of those people. Like many people watching this, will feel exactly the same. I was one of those who looked at that team and thought, "Wow." <sighs> I don't know what to make of this. I really don't know what to make of this. Um, but look, like I said, the Richie call, left wing back, the system worked. The right wing back uh, in in uh, Murphy worked. The two up front in Gale and Joe Linton worked because it gave them loads of problems, Tottenham. Um, I think the midfield one, like I said, Sean Longstaff really changed things in midfield for me. That worked. Um, brave, brave decisions. I think one, one other case you could make is to say... Do you look to bring a Joe Willock back into the side because he's somebody who can make an impact? Um, I, I wasn't sure. That was one of the ones I wasn't sure about him dropping. But if you're going to play the same system, I think the midfield picks itself essentially on, on that game. 
And like I said earlier, I think Kraft would be the, the only one I'd really look to change. And if Wilson's fit to start a game, he has to come in for Dwight Gale. Yeah, uh, James says, if we lose the arbitration case, does that mean the takeover is over or can they take the Premier League to court? Uh, I, I don't, look, I, I, just because the arbitration case is not, not working for them, I don't necessarily mean, think that means it's 100% over, but I do think it'll be a good indicator and I think it'll be, it'll be less likely that a takeover would go ahead should it fall in favour of the Premier League and not Newcastle United. It does not mean it's dead though. Okay, Patrick says, Liam, why was Fraser, uh, Carroll and Fed left out of the squad against Spurs? I just went over that there, Patrick, just for the question. Um, Ryan Fraser was a slight groin. He didn't train the two days before uh, before the game when he came back from Scotland duty. Fernandez, like I said, was fit but struggled, picked up a little niggle and, and Andy Carroll, I'm led to believe, is exactly the same. Kenny Trainer, do you think uh, Amanda Stabley in the consortium have told Rafa to hold on to picking his next job? Rafa has, has said he's been offered jobs, um, but he's not gone back. Yeah, well, I think one of, I think one of the conversations that we had was probably Celtic, um, but that's that's not not the type of job that Benitez would want to walk into at the moment. I know there's been there's been rumours about uh, returns to Serie A, etc. Benitez has got his eyes set on 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 um, staying in the Premier League and. And he is the number one choice. He knows that he's the number one choice to come back at Newcastle United. I think this is the project that he wants to carry on. Um, but he'll not wait forever. He's a man who who thrives on working. He's a family man. He loves his family to pieces. But he's not somebody who thrives on, on sitting around on the couch all day watching football from long distance. He wants to get involved. He wants to be hands-on, a coach to players. And I think it will be interesting to see how things move. West Ham will big big... Um, Massive, massive fans of, of Benitez, but David Moyes has gone in there and absolutely nailed that club down. Um, arguably manager of the year this season, fantastic season they've had, West Ham. Um, then you would look at Leicester, with massive fans. I always thought he would end up at Leicester, but um, again, Brendan Rodgers has gone in there and absolutely nailed that one down. You would maybe look to say, does, does a Brendan Rodgers end up at an Arsenal or does a Brendan Rodgers end up somewhere else? Um, you'd have to think. I know Arsenal was the one that. When I worked up in Scotland and Brendan Rodgers was the Celtic manager, a lot of the talk that we used to hear from people in and around that football club was that Arsenal was the job that Brendan Rodgers really had his eyes on. Um, he's been looked at again by Chelsea, but more as a stopgap. It's one of those. I think Benitez will come back into work. Um, and if Newcastle United is available, then yes, he will. Um, but he'll not wait forever. He'll not. He's a type who needs to work. And, and I think... If we're still sitting here in years time, Mike Ashley's Mike Ashley's the owner still of this football club. Um, I think Rafa Benitez will have taken a job somewhere. I just don't believe he sits for a year out of work um, because he's made decisions like this before where he'll jump into jobs. They're not always the right decisions for Benitez, to be honest. He went to China, probably wasn't the right call. He'll never admit that, but it probably wasn't. Um, mm. It wouldn't have been the right call to stay in Newcastle either, really, because it was an unworkable situation. But you think maybe could he have taken another job in England, etc.? Um, he jumped in the job at Chelsea. It didn't really work out for him. Went into Milan. Didn't Real Madrid didn't work out for him. It's his club, etc. You don't blame him for going back there and taking that on, but it didn't work for him. Um, maybe this time, maybe this is a different Rafa Benitez. I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe this is somebody who's going to sit and take note and really make sure that his next career choice is the right one. And if that is the way Rafa Benitez is thinking at the moment, then that really falls in favour when you cast United that because we know he would love to come back here. He'll just never come back under a Mike Mike Ashley owned football club. 
Yano saying, why is Kraft the only one getting stick for the Spurs goal when as the right-sided player of a back three he was the only player who got anywhere near an attack from the left? I mean, I, I've got to be honest, that first goal, I blamed Shelby for uh, leaving his man and then hauling him down onto the ground when it was too little too late. Um, I, I bl they were cutting through the centre midfield like but, um, a knife through butter for those two goals, I felt. But yeah, I mean, he is right, isn't he? Kraft, Kraft is he's an easy scapegoat because people don't rate him. Well, he, he says he's an easy scapegoat, but it's because he's not very good. Like I don't think well, he's not very good, him. but he, he's, he's effort. I mean, I, I'm not going to defend him, right? I'm not going to defend yeah. him, but but he's he puts the effort in. He's, he's not very good. He yeah, he does. He does. You can't never fault the lad's effort. He's got a good attitude. Everything about him's great in that way. But you know, we're not we're not Hartlepool United. We're not playing in the in the national league here. You know, hey, they're I mean? second. Just, I know. They're doing really well. Doing really well. Um, Jamie Sterry and uh, Lewis Cass, who's still at me, Cass actually playing really well for them as well. Um, yeah, we're not talking about Sunderland in League One, where effort will get you a long way. We're, we're talking about Premier League football here, and he's a man who costs five million quid. I just don't know where where the hell that came from, and who they were trying to was this was this a sweetener for an agent or something? But he's the man who keeps surviving. Um, like I say, I would rather have kept DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre Yedlin largely wanted to go. Um, but if you could have got rid of Emil Kraft, you would have got rid of him ahead of him any day of the week because he is arguably, like people said, one of the worst defenders. I don't think he was solely to blame, uh, solely to blame for for everything that went wrong on Sunday defensively. I think Paul Dummett on the other side was culpable um, at times. I, I think you're right, and Shelby doesn't screen the back four in the way that that he should. Makes errors, doesn't track. There are faults in this team, but I would argue that I think if if you take an Emil Kraft out of the side. And put a better player in that Newcastle will probably be a better team for it. And there are all better players sitting on the bench who would come in and do a better job. Yeah, Daniel Woodward says Dwight Gale. I heard that he might be getting a new contract. Of course, we talked about this last week. We were quite early on with this news last week. In my opinion, that's a championship striker signing if it gets announced by the club. Yeah, it was a lot of rumours flying around about potential new contracts last week, but nothing really, nothing really confirmed or announced. Um, any more developments on that front, Liam? No, there isn't a massive amount. But we do understand that Dwight Gill will be sorted. Steve Bruce talked about that <clears throat> at the weekend. And I can't criticise the club for getting him tied down to a deal um, because he's an asset. Effectively, you can sell him if, if you want to move him on. Um, or you can keep him if Newcastle United get relegated. Or even keep him as a squad player if Newcastle United need that moving forward. Um, the others, I think Andy Carroll will be hard pushed to get a new deal. But I thought that last season and he still did get one. Um, I think... Uh, Fede Fernandez is one who's been in talks. I think that one might go a little bit longer. Look, I'd love to be proved wrong because I hope he does stay at the football club. I think that one might go on a little longer because he's a player of an important age. He's got a good wage, um, and he'll be looking for a deal that that it's probably his last big deal um, in football. Um, so I think that will be an important one for Fernandez. Whether he gets it here or takes one elsewhere is up for debate. But I think Gale's definitely won. I think uh, Sean Longstaff's contract, although he's got another year, um, needs sorted out. There's a few others like that who who have actually got the end of next season. But those are the type of deals that he's done. Uh, somebody's mentioned there, um, Jacob Murphy. God, I, think, yeah. I think Jacob Murphy is yeah is a really is a really valuable player to have around. And look, I've I've not been somebody who's always said that. Um, I've had my doubts about him, but I think I think what you saw on on Sunday is the real uh, quality that he's got. He can run a players. He's got pace. He's he's not he's not the Jacob Murphy that turned up in Newcastle. Jacob Murphy, who originally signed, I thought 
um, looked low on confidence. I think he looked, I think, not low on confidence. I think he was overawed by the the whole Newcastle United fans signing for Newcastle. I think I think it knocked him for six. I just don't think he looked a player with any confidence. Um, but I think he's a lad now who knows he's in last chance saloon. And really, this is he wants to play for this football club, and you can see that every opportunity he gets now, he comes on and has a big impact. And that's one thing I've been critical of him about is that I think he's a good player. I think he's decent, but doesn't impact games enough. He's impacting games now when he's been used, coming off the bench, having an impact, starting a game, you know, arguably fighting Joe Linton for man the match. Um, I can't fault him. He's definitely got to be worth a few more years. And again, it's a Dwight Gale one. Keep him, sell him, because somebody will take him. Um, if you don't want to keep him beyond the summer, because he's he's young enough, he's got enough quality, um, you can make a million or two back off him. You know, if you really want to do, if that's if that's what you're minded to do. Um, but I like Murphy. I think Murphy's really starting to come into his own. He reminds me a little bit of the transition of uh, Ayosi Perez. Um, he's got his confidence. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, he, it's not difficult to look good in a Steve Bruce team. Let's be perfectly honest. But you know, he's he's shone. He has shone, and for me, I think he could be, you know, as Donald Bain says in the chat, he's the most improved player. Um, Willock, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's expensive, but he's, he's got two crucial goals, hasn't he? He's got two crucial goals so far. Um, I would say that if we, you know, if we do have a takeover, it could be a, it could be a move considered for him, depending on who comes in as manager, you know? I think if Newcastle United stay in the division, I think he'll probably stay here for another year. I think that's probably the way the way it'll work out. Um, but I think Arsenal are open to offers, and and the money won't be there if Newcastle United uh, don't get taken over to sign, um, even even somebody just to keep your squad the same by signing Joe Willock permanently. Don't think that'll be on the table for Newcastle United. Um, with a takeover, yeah, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's got lots of talents. I think he's he's good. He's he's a, a midfielder that Newcastle haven't got. He carries the ball really well. Makes a lot of yards with 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 his ball carrying. Can finish. Gets on the end of things. Makes late runs into the box. Ghosts in, and, and that's invaluable. Um, I haven't really had anybody who makes those kind of runs into the box, in my opinion, since maybe somebody like a Genie Vinealdum, who used to make those runs and, and get on the end of things. And and I think yeah. Willock's got a touch of that about him. Um, but he's playing a bad side, really. And I think he hasn't had a great loan spell so far. But I, I seen some stats doing the round on Sunday. Um, that I think he's got more goals, Premier League goals, than any Arsenal midfielder has this season, and he's and he's two in the time he's he's spent in Newcastle United, which is quite an incredible statistic, really. Um, but I don't think he's in favour there, and I don't think I've said this when he signed. If he does well in Newcastle, and Newcastle United can afford him, then I think he'll end up here. But I suspect the way things are going financially, and if no takeover happens before the end of the summer, I think he'll just stay here on loan, and then again, provide Newcastle United stay in the division. I did see that rather staged uh, reaction from the uh, from the Tottenham fan um, who was covering the game on one of the watchbacks um, when Willock scored. Like uh, you'll have seen it, it went viral. Uh, I, I didn't believe that for one minute. You know, says why? Oh uh, yeah, I'll try and find it and send you it. It's uh, bizarre. Um, why was there no offside check on the Spurs second goal? I don't know. Um... I'll be honest, I was up in the boxes at Newcastle. That's where we know me sitting. We don't have replays. So I didn't yeah. see that. It, it's just a case of it, it, it goes. I thought you were drinking the mini bar. I thought you were drinking the mini bar in one of the boxes. I didn't see it. I thought you'd just been perfectly <laughs> honest there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wish it did have the mini bar still in. We, we, we do actually get a bottle of water. That's quite nice. But I was just happy to be there. And I feel it. I, I mentioned it in a piece I wrote a while back. That I feel it like you fans out there. I really do. Because I've largely been shut out. It's been a case of only one media person per company getting in. So I've only done a, like a couple of games in this time. Only done a couple of press conferences. And it's been really frustrating for me. Because that's your, your life, isn't it? Even, even as a writer, as a fan... Um, you go to football matches. It's what you do. It's what you do on a weekend. And it's been—I've been as starved as starved of that as everybody else out there. Yeah, loads of questions. Keith, Keith's on the drink. Obviously, he says I think there'll be massive bids in for Shelby come the end of the season. <laughs> you're, only, you're only saying that Keith because he's got the same haircut. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> Jordy, uh, go on, we'll take it because we were slightly late. I don't mind taking a couple extra questions. Jordy says, um, What do you think of Rio's comments about the fans buying the club? I'll, I'll agree with you, Jordy Sangasta. Hashtag idiot. He is. He is. And he's not even. He, I don't know how some of these people get work. I honestly don't. Because if he was, if he made some good points, was intelligent, but he's not. He really isn't. I don't want to be too critical of a fantastic footballer with a fantastic football brain, but. He certainly hasn't got the brain to be an analyst or, or a pundit. Yeah, lots of people happy that we're going to continue in the next season. It's just good crack. We enjoy doing it. And, uh, you know, the questions you got, you lot give us and the, the banter in the chat tonight has been absolutely superb. Uh, and John is on the ball. There we go. Uh, NUFCmatters.com. Uh, the cult T-shirts will be available, he says, limited edition tonight. So get yourself on. If you want to be in the cult, you've got to get your T-shirt. I hope me and Liam are getting a free one. Um by the way, John, so uh, ping us one over and we'll wear them uh, as your models. Um, but yeah, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, Liam, where can people find you, find your stuff? Just down here, uh, at Liam J Kennedy 23 on Twitter. Just give us a follow and, and check us out. If you like the sort of stuff that I do on here, and the, the stories that I'm writing, I'm actually off this week, so you won't see much on um, from uh, since Sunday. But um, if you like the stuff that I do, just give us a follow. Um, and we work on a subscription service. I work for the Shields Gazette. So, um, yeah, you guys can just catch us there. Um, it's a couple of quid a month to, to read the kind of stuff that we write, the analysis, the, the live match reports, everything that you get and everything that you want um, covering the Cass United. Takeover news, anything that, that might happen or crop up. Um, yeah, just give us a follow and, and, and give us a subscribe as well and, and if you can afford it and if you like what we do. Yeah, a lot of people saying two hours. I tell you what, we'll we'll aim to do one for the um, you know, maybe the, the, the penultimate game, maybe or, or coming up to the last game. Let's do a two hour one, Liam, just so we can look yeah. ahead and look at you know maybe look ahead or do a season review or something like that. Maybe it's at the end of the season because we're both tired with kids, etc. Uh, but you know, a lot of people asking for a, for that, and we will continue through the summer. There'll be stuff in the summer. You know, I'll have a chat with Liam. We're gonna we're gonna look back at memorable games, look look at teams, whatever. You know, we'll come up with something. But don't worry, the summer content and like we did last season we'll still be there so um, you know we'll come up with something so you get your uh, your fixer Liam once a week and we can continue to plug uh, the stuff that he does at the Shields Gazette uh, got to say thanks to Jeff he's um, he's obviously following in uh, Q-Tech's um, Q-Tex line and John's line from Jab um, and he's come up with this tonight uh Wonderful. Cardinal Wraith, uh, the, the leader of the cult. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing with my hands there, like, but uh, and, and I'm not quite liking the red and white either. I, I never wear anything red and white. So, uh, But yeah, Jeff, thanks for that. I thought I would reward you, your hard work and effort on Twitter with a bigger audience. There you go. It's good night from Cardinal Wraith and good night from, um, uh, I don't know, the Honourable Reverend Liam Kennedy. Hello. All hail. Till next week. <laughs> Thank you.
been talking to myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your love back